Uh, those of you who are wearing Christmas sweaters, please stand up. I want to make sure everybody sees that. You can, that's all right. The, Lena and Billy, I can't help. I mean, you just, you, yeah, and it makes noise. Okay, that's good. That's good. Every, everybody else that's wearing something Christmassy, whether it's ugly or not, please stand up. I see some, yeah, there you go. I see some other stuff there. All right. Yeah. Anybody else? Okay. Uh, two weeks from today, we're going to have a Christmas, I'm uh, sorry, yeah, cr ugly Christmas sweater contest, all right? And so I want you to wear the ugliest sweaters that you have, and we're going to give out prizes. Everybody that, wear, everybody that wears an ugly Christmas sweater that stands on this stage is going to get a prize. Everybody. And then we're going to have a grand prize, and you guys are going to be able to judge that by audience applause, okay? So get ready and bring them ugly Christmas sweater. Wear them, because... I certainly am wearing mine today, and I'm so embarrassed, but here it comes. Yeah, I changed the batteries on it this morning, so it's, it's, isn't that awful? This is Merry Christmas right there. Oh, wait, the reflection, I can't hardly tell. Yeah. Um, and I hope that you're, as you look at this, that it's not such a distraction that you're not going to be able to hear what I'm sharing this morning. But would you bow your heads in prayer this morning? Father, we thank you today for your presence here in this place. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would now open up our hearts to receive a word from you that will change our life forever. We, we want to leave here different. We want to leave here equipped, encouraged, renewed, strengthened, admonished, corrected. Well, Lord, we want to be better by have being in this place, in your presence, not only with the people of God, but also the presence of God and the Word of God. So, Lord, today, won't you transform us, open up our hearts, keep us awake, alert, undistracted, help us to lay aside every distraction right now, and Holy Spirit, help us to focus in on what you would have us to learn here today. We thank you for this in advance of all you're going to do. And God's people said, Amen. Turn with me to James chapter 3 and just keep your finger there. And as you're doing that, as you saw on the screen, we're going to be talking about ugly words today. Last week we talked about um, ugly thoughts and those thoughts uh, turn into words uh, and other things. Uh, but as you're looking up James chapter 3, I just want to tell you a story of a man who, he was an elderly man and he, uh, he was hard of hearing. And he had been hard of hearing for many, many years, and finally he gave in and decided to go get his hearing checked. And when he did, sure enough, the, the doctor said, yeah, you need hearing aids. And so the, hear, the, the doctor was able to give him the latest technology, some invisible hearing aids and technology that restored his hearing to 100%. He came back to the doctor after a while, and the doctor did a checkup, and sure enough, uh, he said, man, it looks like your hearing is perfect. And then the doctor said, your family must be so happy now that you can hear them. And the man replied, well, I haven't told them yet. <laughs> yeah. He says, I just sit around and I just listen to the people talk. And as a result, I've changed my will three times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oops. Careful what you say, little mouth. <laughs> you know, spending time with friends and family during the holiday season can many times result in us saying things that we might regret. Tensions can run high, and if we're not careful to tame our tongues, we can find ourselves hurting those that we love with 
are ugly words, not unlike this ugly sweater that I'm wearing today. You know, as believers in Christ, I, I know that we desire to represent Christ well. I hope you do desire to represent Christ well in all that we say and all that we do and all that we think. And so, therefore, we should be careful to choose words wisely to communicate Christ-like love, especially during the holidays, and hopefully not just during the holidays, but all year long. As I said last week, we started this series called The Ugly Christmas Sweater. You know, during the Christmas season, too many of us find ourselves being as ugly as the sweaters that we wear to Christmas parties. Last week, we discussed the need to steer clear of ugly thoughts instead of Instead, we ask the Holy Spirit to help rewire our minds with those whatsoever thoughts. How many, how many was here last week? How you been doing this, this week with that? I, I, I ask you to think about the good and the noble and the pure and the, and the loving thoughts that are built upon the foundation of that main thing. What is the main thing? Do you remember? The main thing that we talked about last week is the gospel. You remember that? We talked about the gospel of Jesus Christ. The main thing that we can focus on more than anything else that will help us to be able to think on the other things that are good too is that we have a foundation of the good news that came in the form of a baby on that beautiful Christmas evening in a manger some 2,000 years ago. Remember I encouraged you to make a list of the things for which you were grateful and then to think on those things. How did you do? with that this week. I, I hope you took the time to not just say amen to that last Sunday, but to actually take a few minutes and, and make a list. Uh, and, and not just make the list, but then allow the Holy Spirit to help you to rewire your thoughts to have the mind of Christ. We have much for which to be thankful. You heard people shout out stuff last week at the end of the service about things that we can be thankful for to hopefully help to prime the pump so that we can help the Holy Spirit to rewire our thoughts, to make it more like the mind, having the mind of Christ, you know? Because so, if we're not careful, those ugly thoughts become ugly words, and those ugly words tend to hurt others. So today we're going to be talking about our use of ugly words. It's easy to say things to one another that are hurtful, really without paying too much attention to the results of those words. The truth of it is, is that we have a choice in what we say. And we can either tear people down or build them up with our words. And God, obviously, wants us to use our words to build others up. So I want to just give you some examples here. I want to share with you some words on the screen. I'm going to call out this list. And I want you to shout out to me what each word first makes you think. The very first thing that it makes you think. And uh, just try to do it, maybe raise your hand and shout it out one at a time, something like that, so we're not all, all doing it together. But let's put the first word up on the screen. And uh, what does that word make you think? That first word should be up there. Just any moment. Just any, there it is. Just what does that make you think? Pretty, okay. Huh? Shovel, okay, that's interesting. What? Cold, yes, what else? Fireplace, okay. Play, fun, kind of together, yeah? Huh? No, <laughs> no. That's why, we, that's why we live in South Carolina, right? Yeah. Okay, let's put up the next word. How does that make you feel? What is that first thought? Huh? Warm, cozy, marshmallows? Yum. Yum, uh-huh. Pretty? Okay, what else? 
Good. You can keep the word up there. It's okay. All right. Let's take the next one. Yeah. Just talking much. Here it is. No, it would be the next one. We just did that one. That one's, you know, marshmallows and stuff. All right. There it is. Christmas decorations. Huh? Beautiful. Work. Yeah, okay. I like that. That's why some people just leave up the lights all year long. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry? Lots of glitter. What else? Huh? Tree? Shiny? Griswold. There you go. Griswold. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Okay, what about the next one? Ugh. What does that make you think? Yummy. Okay. Most everybody else is like not yummy, right? Giving it away. <laughs> it's a great re-gift, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Delicious. Okay. You've already said that, Mark. I know you like fruitcake, okay? Anybody else? Okay, here's the last, here's the last one. Christmas shopping. No, a headache. Beautiful gift cards. There you go. Oh my goodness. In debt, intimidating, frustration. Wow. Oh my goodness. That one didn't turn out too good. Each of these words you can see they're evoking a response, right? Good and bad. Some words make it exci- uh, some words make us excited, some words make us disgusted, except for Mark, does anyone really like fruitcake? Ah, yeah, oh, four or five people. Okay, that's great. Next Sunday, we're having a cake and bake auction, and I want you guys to show up and somebody bring a fruitcake and Mark's bidding on it no matter what, right? Okay. <laughs> Free money. Okay. I'm not sure what that was for, but thank you. <laughs> um So the fact is words carry meaning, and it matters how and when we use those words. Our words hold power. Say that with me. Our words hold power. They do. This truth is the one that shows up a lot through scriptures. In fact, if you read the book of Proverbs, it is replete. It is chock full, consistently referring to words and the mouths that use those words it's fact, it's full of practical wisdom and how we can honor one another with our words. I'll give you one example. I could be here all day reading them, but Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And so what this is saying is that God is giving us an incredible responsibility in the way that we speak to each other because our words hold the power of life and of death. How we speak to one another can be life-giving. So what if instead of saying the ugly thoughts about someone who has crossed us, maybe they took our parking space when we went Christmas shopping and, you know, how busy the malls are. Or maybe they're just being ugly because they're, uh, you know, because they're being rude at, the, at, the, at, the, at, at, at a restaurant or, or maybe even in your home. Someone who's crossed us in some way. Instead of saying the ugly words that come to our minds when that thing happens to us or what something is said to us, what if instead we stop and consider that we would say or do something kind, you know, in response? And and here we have to kind of back up and realize that maybe that person is maybe having a rough day. I know that you maybe think that no one else has a rough day besides you, but believe me, everyone has rough days, right? 
Maybe they just received some bad news. Maybe a death in the family, or they're struggling in their job, or, or maybe they're, they're struggling in their, at their school, or maybe at their, in their house, in their home. What sort of blessing could we be if we spoke life into them instead of adding to their woes by saying ugly things, to just add to their hurt? What sort of encouragement could we be to them if we represent Christ well? Instead of being like every other short-tempered and hateful and impatient and uncaring person that they constantly have to deal with. I'm thankful for all the times that those around me have held their tongues when I deserved otherwise. How about you? I'm grateful for the kind and encouraging words spoken over me through my life. People who've believed in me, who've supported me, who've taken a chance on me, who've forgiven me, who've prayed with me, who've prayed over me. And loved me with their words. We all have a choice every day to say things that give life or say things that bring death. It's funny, it kind of reminds me of a, uh, of a quote that Winston Churchill said. Winston Churchill, the leader of England in World War II. He said, we shall fight on the beaches and we shall fight on the landing grounds. And we shall fight in the fields and in the streets and we shall fight in the hills. Now, I don't know if he was describing facing the Germans or describing some of his family gatherings, but it feels like that we could probably say that sometimes whenever we get together with some of our loved ones, huh? We're fighting in the fields and fighting in the streets and fighting all over the place. Huh. You know, too many of us as believers in Christ have a tendency to overlook the simple truth that our words hold incredible power. And it's during the Christmas season when we're surrounded by friends and family that we can do real damage by saying something that we should keep to ourselves or the, saying things that can harm our relationships or maybe even on the flip side that we can actually withhold words that could really encourage and help and heal. If, we, if it comes into our minds and we don't say it and it can help someone, why? Why do we withhold that? You know, during a difficult season like the one we've all been through over the last couple of years, anybody heard anything about COVID? Yeah, see? Last couple of years, two and a half years have been really something, haven't they? And now we have this inflation and we have all the rest of the stuff that's going on in the world. Uh, the elections that took place this week and we're all kind of maybe up in arms about that, some of us, and trying to figure out what in the world is going on and what's going on in our world today. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of anxiety going on. And we need to even be more careful with the things that we choose to say. Even when we honk our horns, that's actually saying words, isn't it? Get out of my way. You're making me late. You cut me off. Honk. I'm hearing more horn honks lately. Are you? Yeah. Those are words. Being a Christian means that we make an intentional effort to avoid ugly words. And to speak in ways that leave people built up and strengthened and encouraged. Not devastated as a beat up pile of nothing on the ground. Now, it's not to say that we should avoid sharing truth or having some difficult conversations. We really do need to make sure that we speak the truth, but we need to speak the truth in love, you know? There's positive ways to do it. There's also negative ways to do it. And the Bible encourages us to do it in those positive ways. So as we look at the book of James this morning, we're giving clear warnings about the kind of damage that our words can cause. In James chapter 3, he's addressing the early church and also addressing us today. As they were learning how to interact with one another in ways that helped to move the cause of Christ forward. 
So now, just as back then, everything that we're working so hard for could easily be undone by careless words. We start in chapter 3, verse 3, and it says, Now if we put the bits into the horse's mouth so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. little tiny bit directs a whole big old horse. Look at the ships also, though they are so great, they're driven by strong winds. They're still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how a great forest is set aflame by such a small fire? Just one little spark. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. I mean, that's a lot of fire. By one little piece of our body. James teaches us that in order to stop using ugly words, we need to control our tongue. Now, I know how hard this sounds because so often we have these thoughts come up and they're really hard to keep inside. I mean, we just got to say them, you know. James lists several examples of small things that control big things. The horse is controlled by a little bit. Those horses are strong. Imagine that little bit controlling that whole horse. A ship is even bigger and it's controlled by a small rudder. Think about that. And this forest fire that can devastate an entire forest acres and acres and hundreds of acres and thousands of acres and homes and people's livelihoods and even lives it's completely devastated by one single spark the same is true for us in our tongues though it's a small in relation to the rest of our body if we're not careful that little tongue can control our entire life and create massive damage to those around us. I want you to turn to someone and stick your tongue out at them. I know you've been wanting to do that a long time to some of those people. Just stick your tongue out. You see how little that tongue is? Compared to the rest of your body? That little low tongue. But it does great damage. I want to ask you a question this morning. How many times have you received an email? Or a text? Or a post maybe on social media? message on your phone that makes you angry. I'm not just talking about lately. I'm talking about sometime in your life. Someone at your workplace, someone at your school, someone that has said something to you and they just make you angry. They know which buttons to push. Boy, they know the words to say. And then how many times has your knee-jerk reaction been to want to shoot back with a quick response? and express your anger or your frustration just to get them back. You know what I'm talking about, right? Can I suggest to you something? That maybe your first words in the heat of the moment are not your best words? Because our first words are usually the ugly words, the hurtful words, the I will get you back words that do great damage. To not only the hearers, to not only the situation, but also damage to your own heart and really to your testimony for Christ. It's much wiser to take your time, to slow down, to walk away if need be, to take a deep breath, to count to ten, to count to a hundred, to count to a thousand, to pray about it. Say, Lord, help me here. Then ultimately respond in the spirit, then to quickly react in the flesh. It's important to take time before we ever respond to a situation. When we take time to consider what we want to say, to pray about it, to center our hearts back on Christ, to center our thoughts back on Christ, and, and to center our spirit back on Jesus, and then 
and then we will be able to control our words hopefully a little bit more and keep from causing more harm or causing the situation to escalate. Without restraint, our words can lead us deeper into conflict. That tongue that you stuck out, that tongue that's in your mouth, God wants us to put a leash on it. He wants us to put a leash on our lips. He wants us to rein it in. James lists off all the animals that have been tamed by human beings, but is quick to then say that controlling one's tongue is much more difficult than controlling any animal. He continues in verse 7. For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles and creatures in the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Wow. It's tough. When uncontrolled, our words can be evil and full of deadly poison, the Bible says. Controlling our words is not easy. I get that. And it's not something that we can do on our own. And it's not something that we can do overnight. We need the Holy Spirit of God to empower us. To help us. As we yield our tongues to Him. So today, I know that I would hope that all of us have given our hearts to Jesus. I hope that before we leave here today, that we will give Him our tongues. As He's cleansed our hearts from sin, He can also cleanse our tongues from ugliness today. So I want us to look at three practical ways that we can control our tongues. I want you to, it'll be on the screen, write these down. It's really good questions for, to ask, for us to ask. It's some sort of, it's like a checklist. It's maybe like a muscle that we can begin to develop in our, in our lives. The first one that we want to ask ourselves before we say anything is, Will what I am about to say honor God? Will what I'm about to say honor God? Psalm 19.14 says, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You know, the truest test of our words is the way that they reflect on our Creator. So we ask the question this morning, are the words that we are saying honoring Jesus? Are they a true representation of who He is? You know in your gut when words come out that don't represent Christ well. And the more we do it, the easier it becomes. Because what happens is our heart becomes hardened. And then we justify our words because our feelings are hurt or because of circumstances in our life, because we're angry or, or frustrated or, or whatever. But before you say it, Ask the question, would Jesus say that? So practical, isn't that practical? Do we do it though? It would be wise to ask ourselves if our words are honoring not just to Jesus, but also if they're honoring Him towards others. We were made by God to be representatives of His love in the world, and we have a choice in being part of that purpose of representing him well with our words so again we ask the question will what I'm about to say honor God the second question we need to ask is will what I'm about to say honor the person that I'm saying it to not only will it honor God but will it honor the person Luke 6 starting in verse 27 says but to you who are listening I say love your enemies Do good to those who hate you. 
Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt from them. And by the way, anybody's welcome to this. <laughs> Give to everyone who asks. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, don't demand it back. And I'm not going to demand this back. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Oh, wait a minute. Is that the golden rule? It is. Do unto others as you would have them. Think about this. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I'm going to do unto you as I would want you to do unto me. Too often we flip, the round and flip that around and I think most of the world lives this way. I'm going to do to you as you've done to me. But that's not the golden rule. That's the opposite of the golden rule. That in no way honors others when you do to others as they do to you. In fact, it's being vengeful. It's being spiteful. And it's the polar opposite of tra treating others the way that Jesus would have us treat them. You cannot control what others do to you, what others say to you. But you sure have a say in how you'll respond. Honoring someone else means that we express respect and admiration in the way that we speak to them. If you don't respect or admire them, you can be sure that your words are going to reflect that. And it's not just people in your family. It's not just those that are you're close to. It's not just people that you work with. It's not just, I'm talking about strangers. I'm talking about people that are from different cultures and different ways of life. As we look at them and we size them up and we judge them, we act out in different ways and we say words that are not best. We may not even say it to them. We may say it under our breath as they're walking by. But what does that do to our hearts? Because we're working that muscle no matter how we do it. It's not just words too, but it's words that are coming out of what it does to our hearts. Keep that in mind. That's why social media, by the way, can be so destructive. And if you're on social media, guard your heart. Be careful here. Because social media creates an environment that speaks to people not as human beings, but as objects. And if they can be dehumanized and objectified, then it makes it easier to be ugly to them. But there's a person on the, under, on the other end of that wire. On the other end of that screen, there's someone who Jesus loves. God loves them. God has created them as a beautiful expression of himself. And deserves by that one fact alone, to be honored and spoken to in the way that Christ would have you to speak to them, no matter how they are and no matter what they say, no matter what political affiliation that they are, no matter what skin color they are, no matter what lifestyle choice they are, or any other differences aside that you may have with them, God's word says that we're all fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And Jesus loves and gave his life for everyone, everywhere, including that person that you want to speak ugly to. So if you find yourself in your words being sharp or ugly towards someone, then ask God to help you to see them as Jesus sees them. And give your patience and love towards them. Let God give you patience and love towards them. Just to speak to them in a way that Jesus would. Now I know this is harder to do with some than others. And believe me, I'm not speaking from any sort of, I'm successful in this sort of approach. I'm working everything that I preach from this pulpit. is something that I'm still working on. I am not perfect. I'm a sinner saved by grace. But I know that this is the right thing. 
And so all I am is one blind beggar telling another blind beggar where the food is. And you know, let's just go to what God's word says and walk this out. Amen. So I'm still working on this, but the Holy Spirit is helping me to know how to say the things that I need to say to honor others as I yield my tongue to him. We need to ask ourselves how we might receive these words if they're being spoken to us. The words that come out of our mouth, out of our mouth, how would we like someone to say that to us? And if the answer is not good, I wouldn't want that to be said to me, then let's not say them to others. And let's choose other words that would honor that person well as God's beautiful creation. Let's, let's treat others the way God would, who created them would want us to do. And let's treat them in the way that we would want to be treated, the golden rule. Here's the third question that we ask. Will what I'm about to say be something I will regret? Proverbs 17, verse 27 and 28. says, the one who has knowledge uses words with restraint... And whoever has understanding is even tempered. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. That's an interesting verse. Abraham Lincoln kind of paraphrased this and he twisted around just a little bit to bring it maybe a little bit more home. He says, better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. He's a wise man. You know, if we can lay our head down at night and not wish we could take back something that we said, then we've been choosing our words wisely that day. Ugly words sometimes can cause damage that can't be reversed. They set a destructive trajectory in young children's hearts. And maybe you're sitting here today saying, yeah, that happened to me when I was a child. My parents, somebody that I looked up to, spoke words into my life that set the pattern for things as I was growing up. And the Lord has really had to help me, you know. To break from that, to free me from those words that were spoken. I know I've spoken to many of you about, you know, the words that were spoken over your life. But words make a difference. Words hold power. They shape people in, a, in unhealthy ways into how they see themselves. They, they bring some people to a place of hopelessness where even considering ending their lives is, is a good option. We need to be careful of our words. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says that we are to encourage one another and build each other up. I don't know how else to say it. It's pretty clear. As believers in Christ, as representatives of Him, no matter who it is, we're to encourage one another and build each other up. You know, really, this leaves no room for ugly words in our interaction with one another. As much as we feel it, as much as we want to say it, we shouldn't. But instead, say the words that build up. You know, the reason our ugly words are such an issue during the Christmas season is because this time of year is meant to be a celebration of the birth of Jesus and the joy that he brings to us as his followers. Christians are meant to be representatives of this joy, but too often we sabotage it when we speak carelessly, leaving us to regret the words that we said and wish that we could have a redo. Again, there's many times that I would like to have a redo, but once they're out, once they're out of the barn, they're out, aren't they? Once the genie's out of the bottle, you can't get them back in. You can't do anything about the past, but you can do something starting now and going forward. Let's say from this moment on, Lord, I give you my tongue. James chapter 3, verses 9 through 12, he says, But with this tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way.
Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? The answer is no, by the way. Can a fig tree produce olives or a vine produce figs? The answer is no, again. Nor can salt water produce fresh. Each year, Christians all over the world attend Christmas services. They sing hymns and Christmas carols about the greatness of God. They light candles and they sing Silent Night in churches to celebrate the birth of Jesus. In fact, this Christmas falls on a Sunday this year. And we're going to have Christmas service right here. And we're going to do the same thing I just described. Have a candlelight service. We're going to talk about the birth of Christ. We're going to celebrate His birth. We're going to say happy birthday Jesus that day. Yeah. But it doesn't take long. And it's interesting. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with you and me on that day. Because we know that we're headed to families' homes. And to celebrate. Or maybe we just left some celebration. But whatever's going to be happening that day. Let's be careful that we don't bless God here. And then turn around and just get all ugly the rest of the day. It's interesting how quickly that happens. How we can bless God in a place and then just a few moments later we turn right around and say ugly things to others. God help us. That's not okay. It's not okay. But we do it. James believes that this is a problem that we need to address and I agree with him. He says we can't have it both ways. We can't say we love God while cursing people that he has created as a spring can't have both salt and fresh water as a fig tree can't produce olives so we shouldn't bless God with the same tongue that we curse others the Bible speaks about people like that and calls them hypocrites it's a poor representation of who Jesus is so let's be careful now my last point here this morning is that the truth of it is that when we say things we're actually speaking from our hearts the words that we use are windows into our hearts. They reveal our need for God to transform us from the inside out if need be. The words that we say, if they're not pleasing to the Lord, really is the Holy Spirit's way of saying, yeah, you need to work on that. Luke 6.45 says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of, or out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh is how another way we've heard it. Maybe the place that we need to begin in changing our ugly words is actually a healing inside of us. You know? Because sometimes we speak out of a broken heart. And there's a lot of broken hearts that are in this place today. And those broken hearts causes us to lash out at others. Sometimes we speak out of a hurt heart. And there's a lot of hurt hearts here today. And it causes us to be cruel to others. Sometimes we speak out of an angry heart. Maybe your heart is angry here today. And it causes us to be hateful to others. And here's a <clears throat> phrase that I've said before. But it's so true and it just sums it up. Hurt people hurt people. And it's true. The Holy Spirit would have us this morning to take an honest look inside ourselves. To make sure we use the words and sentences we formulate in our minds. Words to speak life and health and strength into others he wants us to heal our he, he wants to heal our hearts so that our our hearts will be healthy and good words will come out of our hearts i don't know about you but i i want to speak from a heart in love with god and in love with people how about you now, i want to allow an overflow of the passion that i have for jesus to be in that reservoir for my language that those words that come out will be from 
the passion that I have for Jesus. How about you? Yeah. You know, the first place we see this is in our closest relationships. When our hearts begin to lean towards Jesus, we're going to see our words toward our spouse, our siblings, our parents, our children, our friends change to better reflect God's love. So let's use words that bless, okay? Let's use words that carry people to where God would have them to be in their lives. Let's use words that, that honor them well as the beautiful creation that God has made them to be because words carry meaning. And it matters how and when we use those words. So I want to give you a homework assignment this, this week. Another one, yeah, I gave you one last week too. <clears throat> Man, Pastor, you're making us do some work here. Yeah. I want you to choose one person. One person who needs to hear positive, life-giving words from you this week. It could be your spouse, your children, a co-worker, a classmate, your neighbor. It could be a total stranger that maybe, not total stranger, but someone that maybe you kind of know in a roundabout way. The Holy Spirit can lay that on your heart, who that would be. And I want you to choose that one person, and whether you, you know what kind of form of communication you need to use with them. You can text them, you can call them, you can write a card to them maybe, stick it in the mail. Get it in the mail on that special day and read it. Oh, maybe it's a face to face with that person. And I want you to use words of encouragement and love towards them. Just love on them and encourage them in Christ. Just one person. As we gear up for the holidays, I want to invite you this Thanksgiving and Christmas season to use your words to encourage others and lift them up. May the main thing of the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ, the good news for everyone, everywhere. May it touch your heart. May it touch my heart afresh and anew in a way that's evident in how I speak, how you speak, the words that we say to people this holiday season. And let it be not only during the holiday season, but let it be a building block. Let it be a foundation upon which you can build your life in a way that you speak to people all year long. This is not over on December the 25th. <laughs> this is a good muscle. It's a good practice for us. So take a moment right now. I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads. Just think right now. Take a moment and let the Lord bring one person to mind that could benefit from some kind word or words this week. And as the Lord drops it in your heart, I'm going to give you a few moments to take that pen and that piece of paper. Maybe as you're taking notes here today, just write that name down. Holy Spirit, won't you just reveal that person to us? Who is it? These free words that come out of our mouths that build up, that are priceless to that person this week. Who is it? Lord, I pray that you'd help us to make a decision this week to encourage them as we're, as we're writing that name down, as you're putting that name in our hearts, whether it's that phone call, that text, that handwritten letter, maybe it's over a cup of coffee, over lunch. Lord, help us to make time this week for, for that person. Lord, your word says in Romans 14, 19, that we're to make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Help us, Father God, to encourage others. And as we encourage others, Lord, we are also encouraged. Lord, maybe we're sitting here saying, what about me? I need to be encouraged. Lord, help us to realize that as we encourage others, we too are encouraged. That we're going to reap what we sow. 
We thank you, Lord God, for your economy in that way that as we encourage, as we give, it's going to be given to us. As we love, we're going to be loved. As we encourage, we're going to be encouraged. That's your economy. And whether we're encouraged by the person or by you, we're going to be encouraged by your spirit. Whatever it looks like, we will be encouraged. Now, Father, help us if we're feeling worn down, if we're feeling frustrated, if we're feeling scared or confused or, or angry or impatient or, or ugly, like some of these sweaters we're seeing around. God, we ask right now that you'd help us instead to be filled with the fruit of your spirit. Give us your love. Give us your joy. Fill us with your peace and your patience and your kindness and your gentleness and your grace and mercy and hope and all the fruit that the personality traits, the character qualities of you, Lord Jesus. They're so very needed in this world today. They're so very needed in our world today. They're needed in our hearts today. They're needed in our homes. They're needed in our workplaces, in our schools. They're needed in our communities. Lord, in this challenging season, before your return, we can choose, Lord God, to make the best of every opportunity every day to express your love to others through the words that we choose to speak. Help us to make that choice. Holy Spirit, we give you our tongues. Harness them and control them so that the words that come out steer our hearts, steer our tongues to say the words that would encourage and edify and bless and strengthen and bring help and hope and life to those around us. And Father, if we mess up, help us to see where we can get better. Or we're not going to be perfect in this. We're going to say some stuff that we wish we could redo. Lord, help us to be careful to say more words this week that bless and less words that are ugly. We give you our tongues. Would you stand with me this morning? Jesus, as we uh, realize that this tongue is such a small part of our body compared to the rest of our body, but yet it's a spark that creates a forest fire that creates devastation. We don't want that to happen. Instead, let this tongue that we have be a healing salve and a healing balm to others. Let it be words that bring life and hope. If this morning you're in need of the Lord to reign in your tongue, I want you to just, I don't need you to lift up your hand as a signification to me, but I just want you to just maybe lift up your hand or hands and say, Lord, I give you my tongue. Say just as you're as you're lifting it up, you're just yielding your tongue to him. Say, Lord, here it is. I, I'm lifting my hands as a, as a sign of surrender to you. I give you my tongue. I, I can't do this on my own. There's hateful things that are in my mind, the ugly things that are in my mind that come out too often. And I'm tired of it. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to rewire my mind back to you, so that the words that come out will be words of love and hope and help and edification and encouragement. It's Christ-likeness. We give you our tongues, Lord. You see the hands. and So won't you take our tongues? Holy Spirit, help us to just kind of visualize you putting like a, a bit on our tongue. And then there's reins coming out from it. And you're, you're back there steering it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Lord, that one person that you have for us to speak to this week, 
Help us to do it without, without delay, but in your right time. And do it as unto you and do it without expecting anything in return. That we would just do it and give and bless and love and encourage. And whether we're encouraged back by them or whether we're encouraged by you or whether we're encouraged in some other way, we're just going to do it. And it's going to be a muscle that we can start exercising. Help us to take that one step and not just be that one person that we do it to, but let it be the beginning of a lifestyle, of a habit that we get into where we can be an encourager and be a blessing and be less ugly and more beautiful in the words we say. We love you and we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen.